how she went from losing 40 pounds to becoming one of Echelon's top cycling instructors, how to change her relationship with food, how to stay positive, what inspired her to start putting colored braids in her hair, how she made the risky decision to jump to Echelon full-time, and so much more coming right up. This is episode number 398 with one of Echelon's top cycling instructors, Nicole Griffin. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to The Best You Podcast with me, Nick Carrier. I believe the path to getting closer to the best version of yourself is different for all of us, but it follows the same framework. Our lives have six different areas, health, personal, career, financial, spiritual, and relational. And in order to get closer to the best version of ourselves, we want to be managing all of those areas at all times, but also spiking in one of them. If you want to learn how to do this, then check out my free Best You Planner and Video course at nickcarrier.com slash best journey. Again, nickcarrier.com slash best journey. Today's episode is going to be so fun and insightful. Today, I'm pumped to introduce you to one of my coworkers at Echelon, one of our top cycling instructors, Nicole Griffin. Yes, we're coworkers, but our schedules don't really line up a ton. So it was great for me to actually be able to sit down and really get to know her and her story on a much deeper level than I ever have in the past. And I know you guys are going to love it as well. Before diving into the episode, though, be sure you're subscribing to the Best You Podcast on the Apple Podcast app, iTunes, Spotify, YouTube, and be sure you share the episode with a friend or a family member while you're listening. Just send them to nickcarrier.com slash podcast. And if you enjoy the show, then I would love it if you leave a five-star rating and review. But without further ado, here's to getting closer and closer to your best you with the one and only Nicole Griffin. All right, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Best You Podcast. I am super jacked up to be joined by the one and only Nicole Griffin today. Nicole, I just want to start off by saying thanks so much for spending the time with me today. Of course. Yeah, this is going to be fun. I'm excited. Yeah, no doubt. Well, we see each other in passing on Mondays, but outside of that, and we had the Christmas party where I spent a little bit more time with you there, but outside of that, we really haven't spent a ton of time together, so I don't know you too terribly well, but Nicole is my fellow Echelon instructor and uh, bike extraordinaire and an instructor extraordinaire, and everybody just absolutely loves taking Nicole classes. I mean, I've, I feel like ever since I started coaching Echelon last May, you're one of the people who I've seen people be the most raving fans of over the past year or so. And so that's why I'm super excited about bringing you on. And I know a lot of Echelon participants and and members will be listening to this and eagerly hearing some of your answers and and things of that nature. But basically to start off, I, I want you to kind of actually backtrack to when you what came out of college, and I know that a big part of your story getting into fitness was you were overweight and you lost 40 pounds. So I wanted you to take a few minutes orienting all the listeners and orienting my audience on that story on your 40 pound journey of weight loss and, and kind of getting into fitness because of that. Sure. Yeah. And thank you for the the kind words too. I can't believe it's almost been a year since you've been at Echelon. I know it is kind of crazy. Um, so I started, um, when I moved down to Chattanooga, I was overweight and it was just one of those things where I had a job and I just was able to go get Starbucks or, you know, go and I could spend, I had money to spend. And so it was just one of those things where I just was, and I wasn't playing sports at that time. And so when I moved down to Chattanooga, I started with just different boot camps and things. My aunt, she lives in Chattanooga and she married a man from Chattanooga. 
is my fun aunt. And so that's how I even ended up here. But anyway, so she taught these boot camp classes and I didn't know anybody in Chattanooga when I moved here. And so I would go to every single one of her classes and slowly started to build muscle, drop weight. And a lot of people, when they think about weight loss, they think about losing actual weight. But like a lot of this was turning fat into muscle, which I try, I talk about this in my classes a lot that it is more about how you feel and not paying attention to the actual numbers on the scale. But I did drop, I did drop some weight and then built it back up as muscle. But so I did the boot camp classes with her and built muscle and then it kind of hit a plateau a little bit. And I was just kind of getting bored with it. And I took one of my first spin classes and I wasn't, I mean, I felt like I was in decent shape at this point. Took my first spin class and my world was rocked, completely rocked. I couldn't keep up. And the instructor, I mean, he's sweating, I'm sweating, I'm grabbing disinfectant wipes to wipe my face. And it, my, after I got off, off of that bike, I was so humbled that I quickly became addicted to cycling. Mm. And I followed this one instructor around to three different gyms and it just, it, it really has, I mean, it's taken my life in a completely different direction and I love it. That's awesome. So when you first moved to Chattanooga, did you have an affinity for fitness or any kind of, did you play sports growing up? What was it easier for your aunt to get you to start coming to her boot camps or what was kind of the, the, the thing that led you into it? So I guess a little bit of, I did not know anyone else in Chattanooga, so I didn't have anything else to do. So that was one thing, but I did play sports all growing up. And so I had that kind of background and I always liked the athletic side and the competition side of things. And so I was able to work out and I was able to kind of make it a habit at that point where I guess in Ohio, because I moved from Ohio, I really didn't have a home base of a place to work out or a place to kind of fill that void of athletic after, you know, I wasn't playing sports anymore. So that's kind of, that's kind of how that happened. And when I moved down as a dental assistant, so that's what I went to school for. And then I, um, after I did that, I was doing artwork in the evenings and then I went full-time art and then part-time fitness and then fitness has taken over. I love it. That's awesome. That's awesome. I feel like um, I've lived five different lives. <laughs> it, it sounds like it. So what sports did you play growing up? I played volleyball and softball and I was a majorette. What? I'm I'm not sure what a majorette is. A majorette. Uh, I was in the band and I twirled a baton. Oh, and okay. It was actually really cool because we twirled fire and we twirled blades and all kinds of cool stuff. It was, that was really fun. And that was wow. kind of um, cool too, to be, you know, in the football fields and in the front of parades and stuff. When you were a part of the sports teams growing up, were you a vocal leader at all? I would say, I guess it's hard. Not really, because I was, I really wasn't that great at any of them. And so I was there more for fun. I mean, I was good at it, but not a shining star and it's not anything I could brag about, but I mean, just being completely honest, I was just there more for friends and to have fun and that kind of thing. And so I think the leader leadership position kind of comes from somebody who's actually good at the sports. They play. <laughs> I was just there for fun. <laughs> when do you think your personality really bloomed into what it is today when you go live and you're in one of those classes? When was that personality or when was that side of you really almost revealed to you or do you all did you always know that you had it I think I had parts of it but I really never I did not have the confidence 
I did not have the confidence for it growing up. And then I think once I started taking cycling classes and I am a huge music lover. So I think being able to, and I go to a lot of concerts and festivals and that sort of thing. But even there, until I found the bike, I never really had that same confidence to be the loudest person in the room or be the center of attention unless it was something either music related or on the bike. Because I find that in my classes, I take a lot of time to make my playlist and create create a class because it's kind of like a story and I love actually starting up a new series again we did it last year but festival Friday and so I'll find live tracks from musicians I'll research the festivals and I'll mentally take riders through a festival going around to the different stages hopping by the special food tents and just kind of finding out all the research about it and I love to find out quirky facts about musicians and tell it about in my class so I think that Maybe the confidence came from research and finding something that I truly love and being able to combine the two, fitness, helping people, inspiring people, and music. Mm, damn, that's good. That's good. So let's talk about the the transformation, if you will, of the version of Nicole that first kind of was in Chattanooga in the beginning and the version of Nicole afterwards that had lost 40 pounds and gained a lot more confidence in herself and her body and her health and fitness routine and things of that nature. What do you think was the biggest difference in your habits and the biggest difference in your mindset between the version of you kind of post 40 pound loss and the version of you pre? I would say habits. It definitely became once I truly believe this, once you start working out and you start to notice, I mean, I did not realize, I mean, just the way that your clothes fit and jeans would fit and pulling into my sides and just, just feeling uncomfortable and just tired and lethargic. And just, like I, I just felt, I didn't, I didn't realize how bad I felt at that time and just about my, about my body. And I just didn't realize how uncomfortable I was. So I think that that's a big part of it is just the way that you feel once you start to gain strength and gain energy from, from that transformation and from building strength and confidence. And then, um, so that was kind of the habits. And then what was the other question? The difference in maybe your mindset from post to pre. I think another large part of that is I kind of grew up in diet culture and it was just, it was just the time of diet culture and fad diets and different things. And I always kind of treated food as, or treated workout as punishment for what I ate and not realizing how important healthy food is and healthy lifestyles and healthy choices that way. And actually treating food as fuel and not just something that you binge and then you have to run for it or you have to. So I think that the mindset, it took me a very, very long time because I mean, I just, I remember growing up being on the cabbage soup diet and you know, just always constantly having to punish myself for food, but I just didn't, I didn't know any better. And then I think growing into a healthier, stronger person and learning different habits that totally helps my mindset. And I see, I help people, I help riders with that. A lot of people will reach out to me because I've been through it. And I know, I know that it's so hard to change that number on the scale mindset and that can ruin somebody's entire day. And I was totally there. I would weigh myself before I worked out, after I worked out, morning, night, all the time. And it really is once you flip that switch and realize that food is fuel and that food is a punishment or working out's not a punishment. It's a whole new lifestyle. Yeah. That's great. It's definitely a mindset that 
probably a lot of people on here need to work on adopting and we all need to work on because it's never one of those things like, okay, I'm, I'm good now. There's always that noise always creeps in that gives the number on the scale more worth than it actually deserves. One of the things you also said before when it comes to your habits, I think a lot of people who maybe don't have a consistent health and fitness routine, nutrition and fitness is they don't necessarily realize how maybe bad they do feel or they don't necessarily see the contrast of how good they actually could feel if they got into a better routine. And so I think experiencing that little bit of a glimpse of, oh man, this does actually make me feel better. Eating well does actually make me feel better. Exercising does make me feel better. That can be sometimes the motivation that people need, just a little bit of a results to keep you going and keep you more consistent. And it doesn't happen after one workout. I think that that's one thing too, that I know that I know that people get frustrated after one or two workouts or a week or two, and they expect to see results. They expect to see a complete change, but it does, it takes time. And that's one thing I wish I could tell anyone starting off that it takes time and it takes habits and it takes consistency that it doesn't happen overnight. That is something that they have to stick with. And I think that that's one thing I wish I I wish I could tell every single new person that it's hard at first. It's so challenging to to start that routine and start your habits. And at first, you're gonna you're gonna beat yourself up in your head, and it's that doesn't do you any good. You know, beating yourself up and making yourself feel bad about what you're coming from or what you've been through. It doesn't do any good. It's like something that you just have to push through, power through, and make it happen. <laughs> yeah. When somebody, when people do have that mindset of, I just, I want to be where I want to be tomorrow. What is your message to them? And maybe what are the things that run through your head or the different things that you focus on that keep you patient with just, I mean, whether it's a health and fitness success or success in whatever it is, what are the things that kind of keep you patient along the journey and, and not focus too much on wishing that you were there yesterday? I think that part of it is like working with people and working with riders or working with other people, knowing that I'm not just doing that for part of it is you're not just doing it for yourself. You're doing it for the people around you. And I think that being able to motivate other people and being able to inspire other people, that is something that keeps me patient. And I know, I know because I say I've been through it. I know that it doesn't happen overnight. And even for for me, I mean, I want to be there yesterday or, you know, if I have goals, you know, I want to, but I know that it's so, it's a lot bigger than just me. I'm helping other people or, you know, trying to help to people and inspire other people. So that keeps me, that keeps me patient. That keeps me in check, knowing that somebody's listening or watching or, you know, kids are, kids are around. I think that that's a, that's a cool thing. Like watching riders, their kids are sitting there next to the bike and those one little, if they just hear one of those quotes or one of those stories, it really does. It all helps. Oh, no doubt. You know, so many kids will talk about something their parents said or something that they just watched on TV or in a movie. They'll talk about how a specific quote stuck with them and it's still stuck with them a couple decades later. And for, for sure. And I think that is a huge thing for people to take in and try to apply to themselves when it comes to their own patience with success. Don't be self-absorbed in your own success and just think that the success is for you. Think about the different people that you're impacting and the different people that you're trying to help along the journey and let the all the people outside of you keep you motivated. Because I think a lot of people will say, I'm not 
self-motivated or I don't necessarily care to improve because of myself. Well, improve because of other people. Improve because of the people that you can impact and influence along the way. I mean, it goes so far beyond fitness, in, in my opinion, because when you feel good and you feel, when you feel confident, people notice and people want to be around you. And when you are a happier and healthier person, I mean, you attract that in your life too. I mean, think about those times where, what is it? Misery loves company. And when you're, when you're, you just kind of surround yourself with those types of people, that's the way you're going to stay. And it goes the opposite way too. When you surround yourself with people who feel good, who feel confident, they're going to push you and push you to be a better person. Yeah, no doubt. That's one of the things that I love most about Echelon is all the communities that we have on Facebook and online and people will go visit each other. And we just had a couple members go up to New York to visit Daphne and Spindiva. And we've had different members go. It's so cool. So cool. I had no idea what I was getting into. I remember when I had 25, I freaked out when I had 25 people on the leaderboard. I was like, oh my gosh, where are all these people from? And I, I was so excited because I, mean, I went from zero like five to 10 and then 25, my mind was blown. <laughs> I'll never forget that day. <laughs> and uh, how, how many people are you usually having on a, a live nowadays? I mean, it depends on the ride, but I mean, right. average like 300. I mean, but I've had all the way up to 600. So, I mean, it just depends on the day. Depends on the day, the time, the ride. No doubt. No doubt. No doubt. <laughs> uh, well, I kind of want to get into a little bit. So you were a dental assistant, you said first. And then you went kind of more into the, uh, you have your own art studio and then you went, you were kind of that. And then you went part-time fitness. And now you're a little bit more full-time fitness. Tell me a little bit about the transition into the art studio, first of all, and what it took you to go with that full-time as, as, as your job. I mean, that was a scary, right. these are all have been a little bit scary jump. Three lives. Oh yeah. Um, so I was I was working full time in a dental office, and then I would travel on the weekends and set up at art shows. And all the artwork I would do, it's all out of recycled material, colorful, whimsical things. So I'd go set up on the weekends for art shows, and then finally, it was just taking up so much time, and that was where my passion went. I was a, I went into the dental field thinking that it would be a secure job and that just kind of like, that's what I thought I was supposed to do and just have a secure job. And you know that not to take a risk, but I should have known better. So I took a risk and I was just setting up art shows every single weekend and selling in the evenings. I would set up everywhere. Every anytime I could, I would set up and I would do the full thing. I would never do a half a booth or anything. If there's an opportunity, I was there. I always thought you never know who's going to walk by. And so I would set up the whole thing, even if it was at an elementary school. <laughs> but then I was doing a project and we walked by this little spot over on the North Shore and it was for rent and it needed everything done to it. And so my aunt and I, we actually rented the place and fixed it all up and made it into the actual art gallery and split down the half for art studio. And I would still travel on the weekends. And then I started teaching. I've actually been teaching cycling for 14 years now. And so I would do it a couple days a week. And then I started with Echelon and that just kind of just took off more and more. I would travel on the weekends for the art shows 
And it was a li- started to be a little bit challenging to find somebody reliable to work in the gallery while I was gone. Mm-hmm. And it, uh, my 10-year lease was up on the gallery. And so my landlord came to me and they asked if we would be interested in leaving. And it was kind of that crossroad where things were, and this is four years, or this is, I guess, two years ago with Echelon. I've been there for four years, but it was kind of this crossroad thing. Am I going to do full-time Echelon? Is this what is this what's going to happen? And so I did. That was December before the pandemic. Mm, my Lord. Think about the timing of that. There's no way I would have survived with a gallery during a pandemic. No way. I just, it's just the timing of everything. Even though it was something that made me nervous, there was just some sort of timing that worked. Like I just gave myself goosebumps. Like think about that. Like, I don't know what I would have done, honestly. So, and I had employees. And so it was just, just the timing of life is just wild to me sometimes how it works out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's one of those things where I feel like you're a go-getter enough where if you were only doing that, during the pandemic, it certainly wouldn't have been easy and you certainly would have had to get be creative and how to figure it out. But maybe if you were just doing that, maybe you could have found a way to scrap your way through it. But with splitting priorities in both, it would have been really freaking hard to do that for sure. Give me, what are the different things that you would bring to the different art shows and what, what are the different things that you really loved making art-wise? So I would make these huge flowers out of old handles and hinges and just colorful whimsical stuff. And I would use a lot of old ceiling tiles and just anything that was bigger than life. And I would love to do these robots. And a lot of it was all, all wall hanging pieces. And so I would do, I would do things like that. And then I would spell out people's names a lot. So I do a lot of wedding presents where, you know, somebody's last name or I'd spell out Chattanooga. And I re- really look for different quirky things to kind of work with. Um, my most recent project, or this uh, mannequin behind me with a plant stand. So I'm, I found these mannequins and now I just do it. I still have the studio, but I just create just for myself. And so I made some um, plant stands. I have a pair of legs and it has a big snake plant out of it. I just love quirky things where a lot of people are like, what is that? And that's my style. (laughs) That's so cool. That's so cool. Very unique. Well, I have a few echelon member questions that I want to pose to you. I had had, uh, some people submit some questions. And so I, I picked a few. So first one is probably one that you get very frequently, I would assume, but I think it's something that is still very important to get out. And that is, what do you do to recharge and keep the positivity going in an authentic way? Okay. I would say one of the, my, one of my things that really recharges me is hanging out with friends is a huge thing and just kind of disconnecting. And then I would say music is another thing. If I can go to a weekend festival and see my favorite artists and barefoot dance in the grass and just kind of have the time with laughing and connecting with friends. I think that that is, that's one of the things that really recharged me is actually have a, have a friend's trip uh, that we're going to go on at the end of April. And so just, I'm looking forward to that so much. And just those where you laugh so hard that your cheeks, your cheeks hurt and you know, your stomach hurts and it's just not a minute has passed. You know, I love, I love those types of trips. And then if it's fueled by music, that's always good too. Right. I love seeing artists perform and seeing them 
do something that they love and that they enjoy and that they have spent so much time creating and hearing the stories behind different songs is a huge part for me too. Mm -hmm. You're definitely a creative individual, that's for sure. Somebody asks, I want to know the story of Orange. Where'd you get him, et cetera? <laughs> oh my gosh, this sleepy boy. Um, so one of my friends from Ohio. So Orange is her dog, everybody. Oh yeah. <laughs> Come here. He's, yeah, he's busy. He's busy. And I think, I think, I don't know if he's going deaf or he just likes to ignore me because I mean, I do call his name a lot and I get really excited when I see him. Anyway, so he's Beagle and Collie, but I say that he's Beagle and Potbelly Pig because he's a little chunky. He's well-loved. <laughs> but one of my friends from Ohio, her dog had puppies and I had another friend coming down to visit. And so she brought him down a couple of years ago. So okay. yeah, he's just, and I thought it was funny, his name, like the knock-knock joke, Orange You Glide and Say Banana. Oh my gosh. So that, that's, that's where you got it? Yeah. And it's so like now he just looks at me and he's like, oh, mother. <laughs> That's awesome. He's sick That's of the awesome. joke. He's sick of the joke. I think anybody would be, but yeah. I still think it's funny. That's awesome. Uh, and then the last uh, crowd question that I wanted to ask you that uh, that came in was, what inspired her to start doing colored braids? I love how they are one of the ways that she shows her personality. How did, okay, so how it started is um, my, one of my friends, she would always braid our hair for for music and for like festivals and stuff. And I was doing a DJ ride and I wanted something to look super cool, fierce. And I asked her, my first braids, they were white and gray. And oh my gosh, I loved it so much. And I just felt like a warrior princess and just like a badass on the bike. And I seriously, I've been doing it since then. And now I've kind of learned how to do it a little bit by myself. And so I could just like braid them in in the morning and change out the colors with, you know, my mood or, but when they look really tight and legit and I keep them in for like two weeks, that's my friend, Jessica, who does them. And she is, she's a badass and she can change them out pretty quick. So it's fun. That's awesome. That's all, yeah, I always, I always kind of look forward to see what, what what's coming next and, and what color is is next that you bring to the table. How often do you usually change it? So when Jessica would do it for me, so I was going to, she would do it for me and they would last about 10 days. And I would sleep with this like crazy, like wig cap on and everything. <laughs> and it'd be a lot more to take care of. But since I started playing around and doing them myself, I take them out every night. And it takes me maybe about half hour to do them per day. But if I think about it, I'd be doing my hair anyway. You get it. You know, you got the spiky thing going on, <laughs> <laughs> but it's, I, mean, I just think it's, and I can wear it. I can sweat through it. I have really curly hair. And so if I just try and do anything else with it and I try and sweat all day, multiple classes, I look like a hot mess after a class. So <laughs> that's why it, it works for me. I like it. I like it. Well, I want to go back to one of the things that you said in on the first question, uh, from an Echelon member about keeping the positivity and recharging and things of that nature. You mentioned some of the things that allow you to recharge and that do fuel you with energy, but talk to me about some of maybe the mindset things or some of the things that your outlook on a daily basis keep you from burning out or keep you kind of loving what you're doing to a certain extent, because I think a lot of people seek ways to recharge 
and then go to work and then recharge again and go to work and recharge. But I think that if you have certain outlooks or certain mindsets, then you don't necessarily always need the recharge for the sake of recharging. You're just, you're just recharge doing the recharge things because you love to do those things. So talk to me a little bit about that. We'll be back to the interview in just a second. But first, I wanted to share a quick testimonial from a past participant of the 10-week transformation program. I started running the 10WT in the beginning of 2020, and I've had over 150 people on counting go through it, and they've seen amazing results both inside and out. If you're inspired to join after listening to the testimonial, then go to nickcarrier.com to learn more. We'll get back to the episode in just a minute, but first, here's what they had to say. Hi, I'm Marissa, and I joined Nick's 10-week program um, to train for my half marathon. From week to week, I've just seen myself get stronger and um, runs get easier. Doing it with like a group has been fun. This is my first time doing like a workout class like that, so I've really enjoyed it. You should join Nick's 10-week program. I think that a lot of it is kind of looking back and I am such a words of affirmation type of person. And so I think that part of it is like, if anybody ever writes me a note or writes me or gives me a Christmas card and writes something on it, I I know that this sounds crazy, but I cut out the different parts of it. And inside my cabinets, inside my refrigerator, I have all of these different quotes or sweet messages that people have written to me. And when I start to get I mean, there's different times where, you know, you feel like you have, I know that I I hear this a lot from different writers and especially young mothers and they just feel kind of alone and they feel like they're the only person out there. And sometimes I feel like that can feel like that for a fitness instructor too, because you're, you're around people every single day, you're motivating people. But then sometimes when you get home, it's like, oh, it's just me and orange, you know? And so I think that going to my cabinets are going to my refrigerator and kind of reading like, okay, I am making a difference. There is a reason why I'm here. There is a, I do have a purpose here that I'm helping. This is so much bigger than just, than just me. It's more, it's a lot bigger than a cycling class than a workout class. I think that those type of things recharge me mentally when I do feel kind of down and like, what am I doing with my life? And like, Am I really making a difference? Am I helping people? Am I living selfishly? And so those are kind of the things that bring me back, ground me, and really help me just see that there is more. And so, I mean, people can do that too. The way that they feel when they hop off the bike, the way that they feel when they help out a neighbor, when they help somebody and just sharing a little, a little bit of themselves with a smile or a kind gesture that can refuel you too. I know that's also giving more of yourself, but it it, de- it comes back 20 fold. There you go. Yeah, giving you shall receive. That's, that's super cool. That's a habit that I haven't really heard too many people having. And I'm like, wait, I want to start doing that now <laughs> with the different like letters and words of affirmation that other people have given you. It looks a little, it looks a little strange. <laughs> so well, it's like, I can imagine like my landlord coming over, like it's on the inside of my cabinets, inside of the fridge, but still if you open it up, like, when friends come over to grab a glass of wine, they're like, what? <laughs> Look, you have the upside of, you have a mannequin with a plant on top of it in your house. I think people will, will know that every, whatever is strange, you're, you have a strange, you have a strange house. <laughs> they, don't know, they don't notice the words of affirmation when there's boobs behind me. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's hilarious. But I really think that is such an th- important thing for people to do because we do sometimes, I know personally, if I spend all day 
just working at home, not really interacting with somebody, then my problems seem to take up a huge space in my life. But when I do interact with people and I do realize there's all these other people in my life that rely, not necessarily rely on me or depend on me, but are encouraged by me or uplifted by me or are part of my family and friend group, then you start to realize that your problems take a much smaller piece of your life than you think. And if you can be in your house and you can have these different reminders of the other loved ones that you have in your life, and it could just be picture, like pictures in your house of your different friends and family and stuff like that. If you if you constantly feel drained because of working at home, then maybe <laughs> print out a bunch of pictures, you know, get get those letters and hang them up. I think that's such, I love that you do that. Mm-hmm. It's a definitely, I mean, it, it's an easy way to just have those little reminders without, and just go over and walk over to a wall and just have those little reminders too. When you start to feel down or you start to feel overwhelmed, like knowing that you have a greater purpose, that there are people that look up to you, that are people that in anyone's life there, you are inspiring somebody somewhere and it's people, people need that reminder. Second to last question here. There's probably a lot of echelon people listening. What is the, maybe a most common question that you get from a lot of members that you would maybe like to answer now? Or what is just a most desired message that you would like to portray to a large audience? So I have two. So one would definitely be how we were talking in the beginning that you have to be patient with your body and everybody is dealt with different issues medically, physically, mentally. And so you just have to be patient with your body and beating yourself up in your mind and beating yourself up and getting down on yourself. It's just wasted energy. If you can take that energy and it doesn't happen overnight, I understand that. But if you could just take that energy and refocus it and focus on the things that you are capable of, the things that you are working on and just kind of replace that I can't with I'm trying and just those simple, those simple little changes. I think that that makes such a difference in somebody's fitness journey. Um, That would definitely be that would be one that just be patient with your body that everyone was once a beginner. I ended up with disinfectant bubbles after my first cycling class in my hair. I was wiping my face with disinfectant wipes and my world was rock. So I can't even imagine myself in that first class. And yeah. it takes so much to become good at something. I mean, everybody was once a beginner. And I guess the other thing is, I mean, it kind of goes with that same that same mindset, but going back to don't let the numbers on the scale discourage you and know that muscle weighs more than fat. And that's one of my number one questions that people get. Can I lose, when am I going to start losing weight? When can I lose weight? And it starts with way more than an exercise. It starts with food. It starts with nutrition. It starts with the, the mental space on feeling good about yourself or wanting to feel good about yourself and not just to look good or to it's about feeling good and nutrition is a huge part of that. And so people can start with proper nutrition and fueling their body instead of just trying to quick fix. There's not, if there's any kind of quick fix, it's not the right way to do it. Yeah. I appreciate you sharing those messages because I know they're definitely things that so many people will get a whole lot from and questions that we all get on a, on a pretty regular basis. But before I ask the last question here, Nicole, I just want to acknowledge you for the journey that you've been on with your 
weight loss, your fitness transformation, but also the kind of career transformation that you've been on. You know, like you said, you feel like you lived three different lives from dental assistant to artist, and you still kind of do a little bit of that, and now kind of full-time fitness trainer. And I think it takes a lot of guts to be able to jump into three very different things like that in different areas of your life. And I think a lot of people aren't necessarily willing to take that risk on themselves or take that bet on themselves. And I think it's just awesome that you've been able to do that. There was something too. There is, I was watching one of your stride classes the other day and there's a quote that you had and it was something about how fitness isn't a cost. It's not an expense. What, how does that quote go? I really like yeah, it. It's, it's, uh, it's an investment, not an expense. Yes. Okay. An investment. So I think that that kind of goes with learning that from beginners and people starting their healthy habits, starting their routine, that it's an investment and investing that time. It's not wasted to keep that, to keep that um, investment and to keep that kind of momentum going. I I really like that quote. I'm training on stride. And so top secret information right there. But so I was watching some of your classes. That's awesome. Yeah. I think just in general, if we can look at certain good behaviors that we do in our life as investments rather than expenses, it's an important mindset shift because one of the things that I talk a lot about is you need to care for the current version of yourself, but you also need to care about the future version of yourself. And when it comes to expenses, that's very a current mindset. That's a very short-term mindset when it comes to an expense. An investment is a long-term mindset and it's looking after the future version of yourself and making sure that person is set up for success. That person is going to be healthy. That person is going to be strong. That person is going to be confident. Um, and if you're talking about actually investments and that person is going to be financially well off. So that's something that I always try to think about on a regular basis myself as well. But I know that everybody's going to want to, if they're not Echelon members, then they're going to want to go learn more about you and everything like that. So y'all make sure you guys go follow her on Instagram at NicoleGriffin.fit. That'll be tagged up in the show notes. And if you are Echelon members and you haven't taken one of her classes, then make sure that you do so. You're going to absolutely love it. But is there any other good way that people should go learn more about you and support you or anything like that? Oh, man. I would say probably Instagram, Facebook, all that good stuff. And I have lots of pictures of Orange on there. He's napping. He's busy right now. So if they want to see pictures of Orange, they can see it on Instagram. (laughs) That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, Nicole, the last question is, I think that getting closer to the best version of yourself is both a constant journey and a unique journey. I don't think that we ever get to the best version of ourselves. And I also think that the way that I'm going to get closer to the best version of myself is going to be a little bit different than the way that you get closer to the best version of yourself. So the last question is for you personally, if there are three things that you could currently do or currently work on to get closer to the best version of Nicole Griffin that you could possibly be, then what are those three things that you could currently do or currently work on? Okay, so three things that I need to work on to become a better version of myself. I guess that just spending more, I would say spending more time with friends and family because I do get caught up. I do get, even though it is a positive thing, I do get caught up in work. I get caught up in um, making the perfect playlist and finding everything to make it perfect, which is also fantastic because I love what I do, but then also making sure I take time for friends and family, which is a big thing. I would say that that's probably the the biggest thing that I need to work on is making sure that there's a light, there is a work life balance and I try, but I do get I do get caught up because I love what I do. So sometimes that doesn't always feel like work to me, but I cut people or I don't cut people out, but I, I don't leave enough time for everyone. So I think that that uh, was one. 
Two more. Oh, no. Two more. <laughs> I do. One thing I do want to work on is learning more about nutrition. And I think that learning more about nutrition, that could help. That could also help me. And that could help a lot of my riders. I think that that would be something that taking a nutrition course or, you know, learning more about that. And then third, finding another Beagle Collie puppy to just spread that joy. You know, I mean, one of my biggest regrets is not getting two puppies and having Beagle puppies all over. So those are my three things. Nice job on those last two. Um, That was a ton of fun, Nicole. I appreciate you taking the time to join today. I know so many people are going to absolutely love it. I know the Echelon members are going to love getting to know you a little bit deeper. So y'all make sure that you go follow her on Instagram at NicoleGriffin.fit. Make sure you take her class if you have not taken it already, but appreciate you taking the time today, Nicole. That's all we got. Thank you. Thank you so much. I hope you all had as much fun listening to that interview as I had conducting it. Nicole is one of the most free-spirited and fun people I have ever met on this show. And we're co-workers, but like I said, we don't really get to spend too much time together because of our class schedules. And so I had a blast getting to know her outside of class on a much deeper level. Be sure you share this episode with a friend or family member or you Echelon people who are listening still. Make sure you send it to other Echelon people who have taken Nicole's class or maybe who have not taken her class so that they do hop on and take her class very soon. Just send them to nickcarrier.com slash podcast. And if you enjoyed it, then please leave a five-star rating and review on the Apple Podcast app or Spotify. And remember, when pursuing your goals, remember that you're not just doing it for you. Think about everybody else who will be positively impacted or positively inspired because of you and your pursuit. Let that remembrance help you stay patient with the process and help you stay motivated to keep moving one day at a time. And remember to take calculated risks on yourself. If you aren't willing to take a risk on yourself, then nobody else is going to be willing to take. I hope you all enjoy this episode, but for now, it's time. It's time to apply these messages from Nicole. Show out on a daily basis. Turn closer to your best. Best.